0: Welcome to the Gil and Brenda podcast, as we share tips, tools, and tingles for your relationship. Listen for the action steps at the end, and now let's get to it. I felt like I'm betraying my children, but I want to do this, and then by doing so, I'm holding myself back. Here's my wife kind of going, you know, their father has left, you know, he's not involved with their life like you could be. What's wrong with you? Where did you go? You know, here's all these things that, you know, I knew you as uh, the reason why I said, yes, I'll remarry this man. Where's the guy that I married who would step up?
1: Welcome, everyone, to Family Life Blended. I'm Ron Deal. This donor-supported podcast helps blended families and those who love them pursue the relationships that matter most. I'm so glad you've joined us in this journey. Welcome to episode number 83, Unsung Heroes. Father's Day is just a couple weeks away from the release of this episode, so I'm talking with Gil Stewart about his new video series for stepdads. But I want the moms to listen to this interview as well. Two reasons. First, I want you to understand the inner experience of your husband better and what he battles with when it comes to his role as a stepdad to your kids. And second, I'd like for you to make it possible for him to watch this video series. (laughs) He may want to watch with you or with a few other guys, whatever that is. Just let him decide how he wants to do that. But if you're familiar with the material, then it's more likely that he's going to take a look at it himself. Now, some guys have real challenges as stepfathers. Listen to this question from Frank. He wrote in to us saying, I'm having a hard time lately understanding what my role is in my family. What role do I have with an adult stepdaughter who disregards the rules of the house, and my wife is not willing to enforce the rules in fear that she might lose relationship with her daughter? Okay, so at the end of this episode, I'm going to take a stab at Frank's question. I think some of the things that Gil and I are going to talk about are going to be helpful, but I'll add a few more thoughts at the end of the conversation. Basically, this is why unsung heroes is such an important topic. Gil Stewart is a good friend to the ministry of Family Life Blended. He and his wife, Brenda, have spoken at both our Summit on Step Family Ministry and our Blended and Blessed events. They founded their own ministry called Restored and Remarried. They wrote a video curriculum together and they speak around the country on step family living. Gil is a recognized Smart Step family therapy provider and a licensed counselor. Here's my conversation with Gil Stewart. Gil, it's always good to be with you, brother. I appreciate you so much. Thanks for being here. It
0: is truly an honor, Ron, every time I get a chance to sit with you. So thank you so much for having me.
1: And I'm really excited to talk about this new video series that you've done with the Step Family Network. Um, You suggest a motto for stepdads in this series, Unsung Heroes, and it goes like this, always forward, just go slow. Okay. I got (laughs) to ask a couple of questions about that. First of all, what do you mean by that? Second of all, does it matter how long you've been married or how old the kids are? Absolutely
0: not. Always forward is a motto that I actually learned from a very dear friend of mine who was a World War II vet in the 101st Airborne. And basically, as a stepfather and as a father in our culture, we always need to keep moving forward. But honestly, sometimes standing still is actually moving forward. That's why go slow. As a counselor, I have a lot of clients that at the end of every session and with dads, I typically kind of just remind them always forward, just go slow, which is the concept of progress can be slow, just keep moving. And sometimes you're moving, may actually just be standing still and waiting to just hear things out. That is the idea behind always forward, just go
1: slow. Okay, so I like that. I'm hearing, you know, try to fall forward, even if it's falling, it's at least it's forward. And I'm hearing sometimes it feels like you're standing still. I think I'm also hearing you say, don't go backward.
0: Well, you know, (laughs) another one-liner is a retreat is not a defeat. Mm -hmm. And sometimes if we do need to back up, there's nothing wrong with backing up. Because I think as a father, with our children, one of the most valuable things we can say to our kids is, I made a mistake. Will you forgive me? And so, in a way, you know, we don't want to be too hard-headed, but at the same time, fair and firm, relentlessly gentle.
1: Hmm. Hmm. Okay. Man, I like that. Fair and firm and relentlessly gentle. What's an example of just standing still for a stepdad? He's not making progress necessarily. He didn't feel like he's making progress. He's just trying to hold his ground.
0: I think the great example for that, Ron, is is that when the kid is looking at you, a stepchild is looking at you in defiance, and really just because of their grief, their confusion, their uncertainty, maybe they're feeling unloved and they are just going off on you or they're digging in and being, let's just say, a little bugger. Mm, Okay. (laughs) You know, the best thing to do is just to stand there and be firm, but be really fair and gentle because if we – push too fast and and you know one of the segments is called too fast too soon then standing still is actually the best mode of operandi at that point in time not to push that kid any faster than than they can be pushed
1: that's good okay we're definitely going to get into the segments that you're doing in this new series but before we do that let's just back up a step tell our listeners about the work that you and brenda are doing together
0: well, my dear wife, Brenda, and I have been married for 19 years and two months and about four days nice. uh, in our blended family. Well ministry. done, buddy. Yeah, well yeah, done. Yeah. yeah, I was thinking about that as I was driving. <laughs> I was like, okay, how many years? Uh, we like to always bump it a year forward. So we're coming up on 20 years in the blended family journey. We have seven children between the two of us and now nine grandchildren. And so it's quite a, a a journey. Brenda and I, uh, you know, kind of sat down and wrote our story in, in a little book that we call Restored and Remarried uh we do a little podcast we've done a dvd for a small group you know just the number of things because i have this friend who has always kind of given me the nudge to kind of go you should do this you should do that does that sound familiar ron oh <laughs> uh, let me see um, yeah well, yeah i think i've done that a time or two <laughs> couple times so I, yeah it's just the opportunity to love people well especially in the blended family journey and you know the seminars and the workshops and the counseling uh
1: that's kind of kind of what we do Yeah, well, I just want to add to that that you are a trusted voice for Family Life Blended. You and Brenda have spoken for us a number of times at both our Summit on Step Family Ministry and Blended and Blessed, our signature events. And so you're trusted. You're also part of my recognized Smart Step Family Therapy provider list, which people can find at smartstepfamilies.com if they're looking for a counselor in their area. And I know you guys do some virtual work with people too. So, you know, there's some limitations there, but they can always check that out, look for you and other people um, at smartstepfamilies.com. Why in the world? Unsung heroes on the Step Family Network, which is a nonprofit platform that just allows people to stream good step family content. I've got some content there. You and I and others have contributed to that space. Why do dads and stepdads, need encouragement and training around being fathers in blended families. Well, I I chose the concept unsung
0: heroes encouragement for dads in a step family. It's an eight-part video series, but the whole concept of being an unsung hero is often you might be doing the right thing and are not getting any recognition. Mm -hmm. And I guess I just want to come alongside the men who are fathers in stepfamilies and just go, lower your expectations. (laughs) You probably are being a hero. And the idea is from one dad as a stepfather to other dads who are stepfathers or in a step family, I want to encourage them to say, keep doing the right thing. Even though you may think you're doing everything wrong, you might actually be doing something right and you're not possibly getting the recognition of, hey, man, that was a heroic thing that you just did. And uh that's kind of what is
1: kind of the, the concept behind the title. I love it. I love it because I totally agree with you. I think there's a lot of hero step-parents out there who just don't get that little word of encouragement or gratitude. And uh, they need somebody kind of saying, all right, stay with it. You're doing the right thing. I'm curious, um, what's ideal here in terms of people watching this? I know there's Moms, women listening right now, and they're going, "Well, should I watch that with my husband? Should I just let him do that by himself? What do you think?" Yes, they should do both,
0: actually. Okay. <laughs> uh, you know, because when we put this together, we actually had you know people kind of vet it and look at it, both men and women. And the women that watched it went, whoa, I've been telling my husband that, but he doesn't seem to hear what I'm telling him, so it's a different messenger. And then they also go, whoa, I didn't realize he was dealing with that. Oh, yeah, good. And it creates some empathy toward their husbands because there's some things that guys may not know how to put into words.
1: Are you suggesting us men don't always know how to put things into words? Kill. Uh, Re- really? Do you think that's uh, yeah, we, we
0: <laughs> grunt we grunt uh, we, we we provide nonverbals and s- there's supposed to be a dictionary for that somewhere, but I don't haven't seen it yet.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, that's
0: tongue in cheek for sure. <laughs> hey, so- but I think but I think for the women actually that have come back and said, "Wow, I had no idea they they actually kind of." then come alongside their husbands and kind of go, let's talk about that. Because maybe as, as the wife, the the mom, because in the step family journey, it's a different thing for the moms and the dads. And so being able to share that and encourage one another, it, it really actually kind of creates some empathy and some more momentum for them as a team.
1: Good. So I'm here and the options are open. Um, talk to your husband. You guys want to watch it together. Watch it together. You're both going to benefit from that. I can also see a group of guys going, hey, we want to go through this together and support each other in that way. I could see that being a good option as well.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, you can watch the videos one at a time. I have a little uh, follow-up in the notes with each segment where there's, you know, a a quote and an idea, the summary, and then some couple of discussion notes for each segment. So, you know, there's some discussion starters.
1: Okay, Gil, let's shift and talk a little bit about some of the content you've got in this. Just give guys a bit of a preview. So you got seven different main topic sessions. Um, the first one is, you're not my dad. <laughs> now, many dads listening are going to go, yeah, I've heard that. Or maybe they haven't heard those words, but they felt that from their reception. What's going on and what do they do about it? Well,
0: in that particular episode, You're Not My Dad, um, with all of the segments, just to kind of give you a heads up on this, I don't do this in a studio with a green screen. I actually went out on site and had conversations with the camera about the issue. And so this particular topic, You're Not My Dad, I did in a, in a garage, uh, with a buddy of mine who owns two Camaros, you know, and I'm not a car guy, but we got down to an illustration here's these two Camaros that are, you know, classic cars. They, one's orange, one's green. They are the same, blah, blah, blah. You know, so like, I know I'm a dad, but I'm not your dad. And so the perspective here was, they may look the same, but they're not. And depending upon whether, you know, the child's dad, you know, is still around or if they've checked out, what kind of dad are you going to be? There's an opportunity for redeeming The perspective of what is really truly a dad, you know, maybe the biological dad's doing a great job. Well, super. If they're not, here's your opportunity. So I'm just trying to make it really clear with the guys, you know, it might look the same, but it's not. And you might know how to handle a kid, but if it's your biological child, yeah, you've got a little more leeway, but with a step kid, you've got to create relationship before you're going to get that respect that you think
1: you deserve. I, I like what you put in there. There's a, when that moment comes, when that child's looking at you like, Hey, you're not my dad. You got nothing on me that you suggest a sort of a line or maybe we would call it a posture. You might not even say this to the child, but you sort of carry the posture of, Well, you're, I agree. I'm not your dad. That's factually true, but I am your mother's husband. Yeah. Now, what does that lend to a stepdad in that moment that he didn't have if he can't lean on his, his wife and his marriage?
0: Well, it's a posture of humility that this is the role that I am in. And hopefully, hopefully this is where the wives listen in and go, whoa, I got to have my husband's back because if I don't, he's a hero out in the middle of the battlefield being a dad and he's getting shot up. So no wonder he's a little, uh I don't know how to say this lightly. No wonder he's a little worked up. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, this is where it's an appeal to the guy, stand your ground, but do it gently, firmly, and be relentless. That's that's a heroic stance. And so I am your mother's husband gives me um, a little bit of, of a,
1: a position of authority. But if it's not backed up by mom, I'm a little handcuffed. You're right. It pulls back to that partnership between husband and wife and how they work together and support each other good stuff. Okay. The second sessions is what you call reverse betrayal, not getting time with your own kids. You want to explain that a little bit? Well, reverse betrayal is the aspect of that I
0: have a loyalty to my own children who I don't get to see as much because of the parenting plan. And in that time, I'm actually connecting with my stepchildren, and I'm actually starting to like them, (laughs) and they're starting to actually bond with me. And so doing, I actually feel like I'm betraying my own children. Yeah. Yeah. And that is like a major knot of how can I do this and do that at the same time? And realizing that I am now in somewhat of a situation to where if I start showing love and affection and connection with my stepkids, I'm actually, I hate to say it this way, but I'm actually scoring points with my wife. (laughs) And that actually is very endearing to her. But then I I kind of insert, and I don't do a lot of time on it, but I do spend a little bit of time where you're as a father stuck in the middle of what's basically referred to as parent alienation. I spend a little bit of time on things you shouldn't say to a child that's in a, a, an alienated position because, you know, here I am in this betrayal position, but now not only on top of that, I'm dealing with an alienation problem where I'm being made out to be the bad guy and I'm not. So there are books and videos, and I'm, I know you've done some really good work around parent alienation, but it's really just basically, hey, here's some things you shouldn't do if you're in that place while you're even dealing with this internal feeling like you're betraying your children on top of. So it's a really tough place.
1: Man, I, I've seen that a bunch, and I've just heard from so many men who, this is referring to people who are biological dads and stepdads, and you just start weighing out the time that you get with your own children versus stepchildren. And, you know, you can just end up, I've seen guys go one of two ways. I've seen guys go, you know what? It's easier for me to not deal with that pain, to just a essentially walk away from my kids in my first marriage and throw myself totally into my stepchildren. And I exchange one family for the second. And then your biological children go neglected uh, as a result of that. But it's sort of a, a coping mechanism for the guy so he doesn't have to deal with this, you know, feeling guilty thing. And then I've seen guys go the other way where they feel so guilty in spending more time with their stepchildren than they get with their biological children, that they start withholding themselves from their stepchildren, you know, even when the that. opportunity is there. <laughs> uh, well, tell us, you've done that. What, what did it, I mean, talk around how it felt. And it seemed like I'm sure that was the only right thing to do.
0: Well, that's why I called it reverse betrayal, because I felt like I'm betraying my children, but I want to do this. And then by doing so, I'm holding myself back Here's my wife kind of going, you know, their father has left. You know, he's not involved with their life like you could be. What's wrong with you? Yeah, where'd you go? I, where did you go? You know, here's all these things that, you know, I knew you as uh the reason why I said, yes, I'll remarry this man. Where's the guy that I married? Who would step up? And it's, that creates internal friction all the more. So yeah, it's, it's a place of going, Oh man, this is, what do I do here? And so yeah, when I was in that place, it was like, I was like one foot in and one foot out, and it, it was torturous. <laughs> but then when I submitted to it, then it was like, yeah, that's where things really began to work. And the beauty of it was, you know, I continued to stay on the battlefield for my kid's heart while connecting with my stepkids. And that was the the best thing for the marriage.
1: You say in Unsung Heroes, the only way through this internal conflict is through vulnerability. Explain
0: Well, uh vulnerability is not a weakness, it's a strength. We need to reframe that perspective because vulnerability basically comes from the Greek foundation, I think it's Latin, which talks about courage. And the concept of it is that courage grows strength from a wound. Let me repeat that. Courage grows strength from a wound. You're wounded. Your children are wounded. And somebody has to step up with courage and be vulnerable and call it what it is. Because it's kind of that concept, if you can't name it, you can't change it. And in a way, you may be stating the obvious, but somebody's got to step up and
1: do it. And until you do, nobody's going to lead. So, for example, this might look like being vulnerable with your wife about this internal conflict and just how you are having this internal debate I'm not really sure what to do here. I feel this if I do that. I feel this way if I go that way. I just need you to know this is what's going on with me. Is that what it sounds like? That's what it sounds like. And that takes courage. It takes a lot. It does. A lot of courage.
0: Because I don't, I don't want to express weakness in that. Because you know, we're the adults; we're supposed to know what to do. Really? You ever been a stepdad before? Probably not. (laughs) Was there a handbook on it? No, there's not. No, there's there's good things. I think there's one or two. Although I'll take that back, Ron. You did a really good job on that a few years ago with that. (laughs) And now your video series is another contribution. The smart, the smart stepdad stuff. But it's kind of like, what do I do? Well, be vulnerable. Be open. Because when you do, your wife now becomes your ally. Rather than a perceived enemy.
1: You're right. You invite her in to the struggle with you as instead of just somebody who's on the outside judging you because of what they see. They don't quite understand what's going on on the inside. And they can't, they can't also help you explore what could we do so you get more time with your kids. Or, you know, there might be some practical things that you could talk through at that point. But without the vulnerability... You don't get that. You don't get there. You remain as an I, not a we. And if you try
0: to take this on by yourself you'll get shot up you really will hey
1: gil let me react to this i'm wondering about a guy strategically and carefully really weighing this out prayer with a lot of prayer what about being vulnerable even with your own children or your stepchildren i'm imagining a guy saying to his kids you know the one if they're old enough to to kind of hear it and receive it man i yearn for more time with you guys and sometimes it just kills me that we don't get more time, especially when I'm over here and have time with them. You may have even noticed that, you know, because in my experience, kids do notice that uh, my dad spends more time with his my step siblings than he does with us. And I just want you to know that, that my heart is with you and for you, and I'm desperate for you. And anytime we can get together, I'm gonna we're gonna make that work. We're going to have to just play by the rules. It is what it is, but I just want you to know I love you. And don't perceive any shortage of time, if it feels like that to you, as being somehow representative of my true feelings for you. Would that be a wise thing?
0: Yeah, I wouldn't add anything more to that or take away. Because, again, that allows the kid to understand, dad kind of gets this. Mm -hmm. He's actually entering into my confusion. He's, He's lending some definition that as a child, depending upon their age, they don't know how to put that into words. Right. And I just did. So in a way, it's allowing them to understand, I get their plight, their pain, and I'm in it with them. I can't do anything about it such as life, it, you know, sometimes like, gosh, this, this really is awful. However, we're going to make the best of it. We can and I'm, I'm not going anywhere. And that I think, is the key thing, you know, even in some of the step family coaching training that you provided with, especially with children, give them a voice. Because that's the one thing that step kids and kids in the step family need is their voice. And if you give them that opportunity by kind of priming the pump, so to say, with this very issue, you've done them a
1: great service because now it's like,
0: oh, I can actually talk about this?
1: Whoa, what a gift. Yeah, it gets it out and it opens the door for further conversation down the road. Again,
0: that's the point of the unsung hero. You are taking territory. You are you're leading the
1: charge. And if you don't have a plan, (laughs) well, boy. Yeah. You know? Uh, One word of caution, then we'll move on to the next one. Uh, If you have this moment of vulnerability with a child, again, make sure their maturity level, their age is where it feels like that's a, again, give a lot of prayer to that. Um, But make sure you don't inadvertently imply that the responsibility is on the child to try to fix this. Um, I think kids so easily take on that responsibility because they love us so very much that we almost have to say out loud, oh, by the way, I'm not asking you to do anything. This is not your job. I just want you to know my heart for you. This is my job. I'm working on this. Just want you to know what's going on inside me. Right. Uh, it, so that relieves the child of feeling any burden um, that they really, you know, can't carry out anyway
0: couldn't say it better because you're not, you're, hey, Johnny, hey, Sally, this isn't on you. I'm not trying to put more weight on you. You've already got enough, you know, especially if they're five, if they're yes. 15, if they're 20. But <laughs> hey, when we start getting to 30, these issues don't go away.
1: Yeah, that's right. They don't. Okay, let's jump into another one. You talk about in this series, your rules, <laughs> and you caution people about doing too much too soon.
0: Yeah, so in that one, we set it up at a playground, and I'm, you know, talking about pushing a swing and doing underdoggies and all that kind of stuff. But really, the simplicity of it is: is if you don't have res- a respectful relationship with that kid, you could actually be pushing them and and demanding too much of their obedience or respect. Too soon. If you don't have that foundation built, you could actually uh, be demanding something that you probably are due. But if you haven't earned that as the step parent or the step dad, you could actually do damage rather than instilling trust and honesty and transparency. And actually, you are a trusted entity. And that starts with. Just be a friend to the kid or that crazy uncle. I say to a lot of my step-parent clients, when you're in that role, just be the crazy uncle, you know, don't, don't let them get away with murder, (laughs) but at the same time, you know, allow them some extra space. And then when you do get into a disciplinarian issue, that's when the two of you and your spouse, their biological mother, you know, you pull together. And at that point in time, you have each other's backs. But if you push too soon, too much, the kid's going to come, so to say, flying out of that swing and you're going to do some damage that you may not be able to repair for a long time.
1: As I watched this session, I reflected on a conversation I had with a stepdad who's, who came to me at one point and said, I am so frustrated. I'm trying to bond with this young man. Um, I know what he likes. And one of the things you and I have recommended in the past to people, you know, start with building that friendship or find common interests and connect into what the child is interested in. And so he said, I'm trying. I'm doing that. This kid loves football. You know, he loves sports. I'm inviting him to go throw the football with me in the backyard and he won't do it. And he says, and I know he does that with his father. I know that's something he enjoys. Here I am making offers. He won't go. Some time went by. He comes back and he goes, I figured it out. I'm asking him to give me something that's very special with his dad. He just can't do it. He just can't give that part of him also to me, he feels guilty about that. I'm like, dude, you you nailed it. You had the best of intentions. You're on track in terms of strategy, find something the kid likes. But in that particular space, it's poisonous for that child to give that to you. So you're going to have to find something else you guys have in common. And maybe eventually one day he'll come around, he'll start sharing that part of himself with you, but that's got to be his call. Can't be yours. Yeah.
0: And that could be years down the road because that allegiance between the child and the biological parent is way strong. Even if that biological dad is really messing it up and isn't participating with that kid, that might be your opportunity. But even if they're doing a, you know, a horrible job and, you know, the biological parent backs out, uh, that kid still wants to love that parent. And yeah, I liked what your, your illustration was because that's something special between the kid and, you know, and that's the case, respect that and honor that because you do want the child to have a good relationship with their, with their parents.
1: To use your analogy, if you press him on that, like he should be giving me that part of himself is equivalent to pushing him out of the swing. (laughs) It's too much, too soon, and it's, it's going to, you know, damper their relationship.
0: It'll backfire.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, this really kind of brings us to the next point that you talk about, and it's allow the kid to love and don't make them pick sides. Is this also for biological dads and for stepdads? Of course.
0: <laughs> yeah. The answer is yes. If I am creating a place to where I am pushing that kid to pick one side or the other, the what happens underneath is that I'm actually sitting that kid up to be resentful. And that is poisonous all the way around.
1: What are some typical ways guys inadvertently push kids to choose?
0: Well, I think, you know, you may have heard it as well as I, is where they push kids to say, you're supposed to call me dad, or you're supposed to call her mom. And it's not that, you know, so let the kid choose what, you know, I think one of the things we did with within our own family was, is when, hey, when we're out in public, how do you want to be introduced? And how do you want to introduce me? Mm -hmm. Again, just obvious statement, but it doesn't seem so obvious when you're out in public. That's a difference of being in the step family. But if I don't allow that child to recognize me or their biological parent for who they are, and that it's okay to love Uh, me as much as their, their other parent, then, uh, I I'm actually causing them to be in a squeeze to have favoritism one toward the other. And in that case, I'm actually creating a power struggle. Well, who loses Everybody. I was going to say everybody. <laughs> everybody loses, and so I think I think there was a, a session that you had talked uh, years ago, Ron, where where it was in a, I think it was a stepmother situation to where the child was given permission by the stepmom. She did just a brilliant idea of saying, "Well, Sally, you know, if you need to go over to your mom's house and hate me." Uh, then that's okay. But when you're here and you actually have a, we have a good relationship, I'll understand. Mm-hmm. Well, the, that mom and the, a dad in this case has done that child a marvelous favor by taking the pressure off and allowing them to love rather than be stuck between a rock and a hard place, so to say, if, in a squeeze. The kid may not have the maturity to, to
1: know how to navigate that, so don't put him there. Mm-hmm. That is an unsung hero. That woman you just talked about, like. And I think dads and stepdads are making those decisions day in and day out, that in effect is taking the shorter end of the stick. And yes, that's what heroes do. And I think it's you know, exactly what they do. And it's so unfair if you step back from it, you know, and you say in the scales of life, that just doesn't seem right. Yep. Yeah, but this child needs us to give them that. And so it's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Okay, Rock in a hard place. We've kind of hinted around that one a little bit. That's another topic. You-
0: yeah that that particular segment was probably my favorite <laughs> because rockin' a hard place. We shot it at a at a little place called Depot Bay, which is on the Oregon coast, and it, it had a lot of nostalgia for me. But it, it, we set it up because this little cove called Depot Bay is the world's smallest uh, harbor. And anyhow. The rock and the hard places basically these these boats, these fishing boats, go out of the channel that's really tumultuous in a stormy weather. And on one side is a concrete wall that's been there for like a hundred years, and then literally a sheer cliff that kind of jets out and into the water, kind of like an iceberg. And if you don't know where it's at, you're going to get stuck between a rock and a hard place and it'll sink your boat. So you really have to watch what you're doing. Well, what was the metaphor here was as fathers, we can get stuck between a rock and a hard place. And with no undue respect to our wives or to our children, sometimes our wife can be the hard place and our children can be the rock. What it really is speaking to is I am going to get tested between the allegiance to my wife and the bond to my children. Hmm. And that is a rock and a hard place. And that happens so many times to where here's the new family forming and the new marriage forming or years go by and, hey, we're supposed to go to such and such an event. Who are you as a father going to side with? Uh, well, woo. now I'm in the place to where I'm in a rock and a hard place. And ultimately, the place to go is sometimes our kids will put the pressure on us to say, well, dad, you're supposed to do this with us because of history and the bond. And therefore, I am now in a vice. I am between a rock and a hard place. And so again, a lot of the, uh, which I've kind of forgotten to mention, you know, in each one of the segments, I, I set it up with, well, here's the circumstance, here's the problem. Here's some guys that I kind of uh, interviewed, other stepfathers, not to, you know, I'm not shooting all this off the top of my head. So I interviewed a lot of other stepfathers who have gone before me and some that are behind me and we, I got their feedback and then we come up with some solutions. And in this situation, the solution was God first, family and marriage second, and then the children, hmm. because the children, whether it be a biological family or step family, is they're trying to wedge in between me and my wife. And in a step family, that becomes even more intense, yeah, because of that bond. And that's why the rock and the hard place is so significant. I think women can get in this situation as moms and stepmoms as well, but as dads, I think it's a little different and a little more significant for us because there's just things that are expected of us.
1: Yeah. Now I want to push this a little bit because I know we got some ladies listening, and going back to what we were talking about earlier, if if she doesn't fully understand that rock and hard place experience for him, she could be making what she feels to be a simple request of time or energy from her husband into their marriage, but it could be really costing him also that time and energy invested in his kids. If she can join him in this experience and be his partner in that, they can find solutions together, find a balance together. But If she doesn't even realize that it feels like a simple request on her part, but it really is coming at a great cost for him, I think that could create resentment.
0: Very easily, because if you tie that specifically to the rock and the hard place and reverse betrayal, this guy is now in a no-win situation. That's right. And that will really be harmful to the marriage, which is really the strongest bond for the whole system in the step family. So, yeah, if she's not aware of him being in this predicament, then she may not have any empathy for what he's experiencing. And then, therefore, it will harm their relationship. And she may not know why. And if he doesn't know how to put this into words, he may not know
1: why. So then we're back to, yeah, he may not know, but if he does know and he's unwilling to find the courage, like we talked about earlier, to be vulnerable about this, then he really can't invite her in to be a helpmate in the process of figuring this out. You know, there's needs on all sides in this triangle, you know, wife, father, and children. And all sides of those triangles need time and energy you know, we're going to have different feelings about how much should go here and how much should go there. But at the end of the day, we're trying to let everybody be loved. We're trying to invest in each of those relationships. And so working together as husband and wife to try to find that balance and modify over time is uh, is a really important thing to do. Mm-hmm. All right, let's merge this conversation with our next subject, number six that you talk about in this series, is uh, don't shoot your emotions off was sort of the takeaway that I had. When, you, <laughs> when you're trying to work towards emotional safety in relationships, you got to be in charge of your own emotions so they don't inadvertently <laughs> become volatile well it 's
0: the segment that I call creating an emotional safety zone, and so i 'm actually out shooting a forty four magnum gun and I'm, I you know, want to
1: know what you were shooting at by the way i couldn 't see exactly
0: where all the bullets were going. Oh, uh, they were going up into a canyon where there 's nothing it was down in I was down in Central Oregon with one of my sons who has uh, you know a, a few things to shoot off <laughs> but uh, basically it 's kind of like the idea is, is that when we are frustrated and our emotions get the best of us, and we truly are in that environment of our own pain, our own confusion, we uh, inadvertently can flip our lid and then shoot off our mouth and do way more damage than we actually may be realizing. So who is responsible? Me. The only person who can regulate my emotions is me. And I have to be self-aware of what's going on there. So in that case, I have to be the adult. Again, I'm the one being the hero here. I can't expect that kid to do it. You know, as they grow, then yeah, the expectations grow for sure. But in in the place of rather than shooting my mouth off with what's going on, how would it look like if I stopped and maybe confessed my own emotions? That takes vulnerability. Plus, validate what that other person is feeling. In the moment, those two things are the most powerful things that can happen is confession and validation. And that helps me control my mouth. Is it easy? Absolutely not. Because it's much easier to pull the trigger and say something harmful and do damage that, you know, may take, again, days, months, years or maybe never be repaired, and then the opportunity is lost. So it is creating an emotional safety zone because we are the one with the influence. Are we going to use it for good or for evil? I mean, when you think of what the Scripture says, the power of the tongue is for life or for death. Yes. So what are we saying? Is it going to bring life or is it going to bring death to the stepfamily environment? What a place for a hero to step
1: up. Hmm. I want to come back to this idea of not really knowing what's going on with me. I have a great deal of compassion for men around this because I too had the same experience. Quick little story. When I was in graduate school studying marriage and family therapy, I did really well with the book studies and everything that led up to it and the concepts and putting it all together, being able to articulate that. And then we went into our clinical supervision experience. And the first thing we had to do is practice, you know, with another co student, you know, uh, Repeating back emotions and listening skills and working on that stuff. We had to do it on video, had to bring it into our class session, play the video in front of everybody, including the professor and all the other students. And we would help each other, you know, how well did you do? I was horrible. (laughs) I was absolutely horrible at this. It's sort of like I knew words in my head, but I could not identify the feelings and emotions that another person was laying out for me. And I also couldn't do it for myself. Like we men were really good at anger. (laughs) We're really good at passion what else is is um, Isn't that it? That's like the two emotions we need in life, right? Okay. Exactly. Mad, <laughs> you know. mad and happy. That's it. That's yeah. right. That's right. That's about it. So everything else in between is like a mystery to us. I had to work super, super hard, not only at being a clinician, but this directly impacted my marriage, right? My ability to just listen to my wife and hear what she's really saying, not what the words are, but what is the heart of this thing? I had to work on it. That was a discipline, Gil, I did not know I was going to have to have when I got married 36 years ago. I had no idea I was going to have to figure that out and gain a vocabulary and and learn how to attune into my wife or my children or what other people are saying. It does take work, and if you're one of those guys listening to us right now going, man, I know that's me. I I just got to work at this. Do you have a suggestion or two about how guys can start down this path?
0: A couple things there. Uh, John Gottman's, one of his one-liners is is that the masters and the disasters of relationship practice a couple things. And one of them is, is to become a master at listening. But it's also interesting, another researcher behind it was a fellow by the name of Dan Weil who passed away a couple of years ago. And Dan made an interesting statement. It is impossible to listen until you feel heard. Hmm. Now, think about that. If both people are not being able to feel heard, they can't listen. That is a standoff. Mm -hmm. And with the couples that I work with, it's like in the moment, and even in my relationship with my wife, if I'm not feeling heard, I'm having a really hard time listening with not just my ears, but with my heart. And the way through that, again, is confession. I have to humble myself. There is an aspect of humility, because humility is power under control. Right. You know, think about that. You know, you think about the ability to really listen till somebody feels heard. That is a gift, that is a treasure. So, for me to be on purpose, uh, humbling myself until that other person feels heard, could be a game changer.
1: Well, somebody's got to start that process, and it should be you. So much emotional maturity. And what you're doing, the, the net result here is creating a safer place. For the exchange to take place and you can get farther together rather than have it escalate into something that d- pushes you apart right you can uh, there's kind of the idea of
0: creating that emotional safety zone yeah I think you're getting it because one of the things I recall often is is that we can go faster by ourselves but we can go farther together. Mm-hmm. And when you, are, when we are together, we're, we're going to get further because we have one another's back. You know, it's kind of that concept from the scripture about, you know, one can turn a thousand, but two, two can turn 10,000. <laughs> and as in the step family, uh, environment, you might feel like, you know, it's you and, and your wife against, you know, these throngs, as Brenda and I lovingly refer to our, ch- our children as those people. <laughs> you those feel people. like It's oh, like, oh gosh, those people. But in that case, when somebody <laughs> creates that emotional safety zone, it's through listening and validating. Did, is this what you're saying? Are you saying that? Or let me say, did I hear that right? No commentary, no criticism. Just shut up and listen. <laughs> and then give it back to them as a paraphrase, not paratine, because that's disrespectful.
1: <laughs> paraphrase, not paratine. I like that. That's good. Okay, in the last session you've got in this series, you, you're, you're doing some reflecting. You're helping people reflect on where they've been in their journey, um, maybe thinking through pitfalls to avoid. What would you share with us about that session?
0: That session is kind of the wrap up. I'm kind of telling you what I told you in all of the segments. And we set this one up at a place called Beacon Rock and on a trail. And there's all these switchbacks. And so the concept here is, is that, you know, we're talking about the summary of what has been accomplished, what we are putting in practice but there's this one liner toward the end of the segment that I basically say, the mountain, she's a cheat, (laughs) Mm. (laughs) which means, and it comes from a story from a buddy and I who did a a hike years ago out in Yosemite national park. And we thought we were summiting. And every time we got to another summit, there was another summit. It was like, ah, the mountain, she's cheating me. (laughs) And, and, and My friend is he's, he's a writer. So he just, it just came off of him. And I thought how much that really is true. Hmm. You can be moving forward and think, ah, I'm going to achieve, and no, there's another summit. I feel cheated. I worked so hard as a dad to get to this point, and that there's another summit? Hmm. The mountain she's a cheat, don't give up, is really the message in that last segment. Because you could be so close to summiting, and if you stop, you won't ever know. Yeah. Oh. That's good, you won't know how close you were, and you won't get there. You won't know how close you were, and being in the step family and stepdad now for nineteen and nineteen years and two months and so many days <laughs> uh there are things where I feel like, well, did I accomplish anything And then I think about my uh <laughs> I think of my youngest stepson, who and I he and I got off on the wrong foot, and now there's genuinely love there but that's taken 19 years. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of work. It's good work, but it's not impossible work. And I think that's the summary of the point. So anyway, that was uh, that was kind of the gist of that last session. It's just a word of uh, warning, but also a word of encouragement to say, if you're doing the right thing, keep doing it because you might be closer to summiting and achieving that pinnacle. There'll be another one. <laughs> just to be realistic, there'll be another one.
1: So... The series is called Unsung Heroes. It's available on stepfamilynetwork.com. I got one last question for you, Gil. I can imagine somebody listening to us right now going, Man, I don't feel like a hero. (laughs) Why would it be helpful for people to think of themselves as an unsung hero? Been listening to my conversation with Gil Stewart. I'm Ron Deal, and this is Family Life Blended. Why think of yourself as an unsung hero? We'll hear what Gil has to say about that in just a few minutes. I promised you earlier an answer to Frank's question about having a hard time knowing what to do about his adult stepdaughter who disregards the rules of the house. Well, Frank, I think my conversation with Gil gave you a number of things to think about, But the one I want to emphasize is coming together with your wife. That must come first before anyone responds to your stepdaughter directly. I don't care how old a child is. If you want to try to change the expectations or set a boundary that your wife will not or cannot support, you, my friend, are stepping off the edge of a cliff. I would not recommend that. So, Coming together with your wife is so critical to you having some influence to the situation. Now, it sounds like your wife is a little paralyzed by guilt or remorse, something like that. And if that's the case, it's going to take a long time to get on the same page. You might even have to get some outside help to help her get unstuck, which, by the way, you can do. You can find a counselor at SmartStepFamilies.com. All I know is you can't move forward without parental unity, no matter the age of the child. If you have a topic or question you'd like for us to address on a future podcast, you can email it to us or leave us a voice message. If you'd like more information about my guest, you'll find it in our show notes as well. Or you can just go to the Family Life Blended podcast page at familylife.com slash blended podcast podcast. And while you're there, make sure you check out everything Family Life has for your marriage and family. Our division, Family Life Blended, has the world's largest collection of articles and videos, online courses like our certificate course in Blended Family Ministry and books for blended families. Like my book, The Smart Step Family Guide to Financial Planning and my book, The Smart Stepdad. Check us out. The show notes will tell you how. Oh, hey, before I forget, would you give us a rating or a review? That really helps other people find us. And, hey, it encourages our team when we get those positive ratings. So uh, help make a difference for us and somebody else. If you haven't subscribed to this podcast yet, man, we would love for you to do that. You can certainly do that on the Family Life app, or you can do it on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts. Just search Family Life Blended. Okay, before we're done, let's get back to that final word from Gil Stewart.
0: I think there's an internal affirmation. Do I really believe who I am? I mean, many times, especially as we walk our walk with Jesus and we have a redemptive experience, do we really believe it? And then do we really live it out? One of the things that I I share with a lot of my clients is, is, you know, they'll they'll achieve a place to where they've accomplished, they've conquered something that they came in for. And then I I say to them, your identity is changing. You're beginning to believe who God has made you to be. And they're going, yeah, I, I am. It's like, cool. Now, allow other people to feel the weight of who you are not the weight on a scale, you know, how many pounds you weigh, but the weight, the glory of the person God called you to be because that allows the weight of who you are to come forward because of God bringing that out in you because of who he is in you. Do you really believe that? And if you do, an unsung hero arrives on the scene again and again and again. But if you don't believe that, you'll start to feel defeated and you'll retreat. And at that point in time, it may be because you feel defeated. And that is not the purpose of why God called you to do what he did. I think that's that place of saying God chose you and this woman to be together. What is your purpose? And what is the end in mind that God has called you to be? That's like a mission statement to love these children and to help them launch. Again, that takes an unsung hero because you may not get recognition till they're <laughs>
1: Maybe until you're gone. Next time, we'll hear from Lauren Reitzema and her mother, Janine McKenzie, about their new book, Relationship Essentials.
0: We don't realize how many times we say the word "I."
1: That's Lauren Reitzema and Janine McKenzie. Next time on Family Life Blended. I'm Ron Deal. Thanks for listening. And thanks to our monthly partners who make this podcast possible. If you'd like to join our Family Life Partner program or just simply say thank you with a single donation, look in the show notes for a donation link. Believe me, we appreciate every single dollar. Our producer is Marcus Holt, mastering engineer Jared Roski, project coordinator Ann Ancaro, and theme music composed and performed by Brady Deal. Family Life Blended is part of the Family Life Podcast Network, helping you pursue the relationships that matter most. Hey, glad you joined us today. Want to connect with us? Find us at gillandbrenda.com and the usual social media outlets. We are available for coaching, counseling, marriage intensives, seminars workshops retreats and so much more we'd love to encourage you in your relationship give us a call today and thank you to our producer and engineer corby stevens